Hi again. It is me, Thelma, with part two of my eczema backstory. So just to recap from yesterday, I developed asthma at the age of about 10 or 11 years old. I had several more asthma attacks until I left Aruba at the age of 17 when I moved to America right after graduating from high school in Aruba. So here I am now living in America and eventually started my own family of four, my husband, my two daughters, and myself. So I'm living my life and out of the blue, but not really. What I now know that I didn't know then is that asthma, eczema, and allergies are really all connected. So when you get one, it's very likely that one or both of the others are right around the corner. So again, so right out of the blue, I started developing rashes, which I, which I eventually learned was eczema. Um, the doctor prescribed a cream, which at the time I didn't know was a steroid. Um, but I fell in love with this cream because the cream worked like magic. I mean, all I really needed to do was to apply a thin, very, very thin smear, perhaps twice, maybe even three times. And like magic, my skin was great again. My skin looked beautiful. People complimented me on my beautiful skin. And so, you know, I was good to go again. The thing is, this went on for a period of over 23 years. I am not one to journal, so I, I, I'm, when I calculate it back, it calculates to about 23 years. However, in between those years, my eczema was getting progressively worse. In the beginning, it was just, the, um, you know, decreases. Um, of my arm and behind my knees, um, which I felt I could deal with. Uh, you know, I mostly wore pants, long sleeve tops, or at least um, three-quarter length sleeve tops. Um, then it spread to around my neck area. So out popped the scarf. I invested so much money in scarves that I had a fancy scarf for just about every outfit. And as my eczema accelerated, it got worse, so I upped my accessory game. So out popped the fancy hats. And, um, you know, so, you know, all along, along the way, um, one day, as I continue using this cream, like I said, it probably spanned, from my calculation, about 23 years. One day, a light bulb went on in my brain. And I realized that this craziness was really, wasn't really helping. And was probably, de probably doing more harm than good to my body. So I decided to begin self-medicating. 
And um, this was a very easy decision for me at the time because by then it seemed like doctors had stopped caring. Um, you know, I remember one experience I went into a doctor's office and he stayed from outside the door, outside the examination room, looked at me, said eczema and started writing a prescription. I had to stop him and I said to him, I says, hold up. I came to you. You at least need to listen to me, even if it's eczema. So I lost faith in doctors and had stopped going and started self-medicating. And I discovered something. Then I discovered something weird going on with my earlobes around the same time that I started to decided to self-medicate. Um, you know, they were, they were constantly hot, hard, and crusty. And, and there appeared to be a constant oozing of some type of fluid, but there wasn't an open wound. So I couldn't figure out. It was driving me crazy. I couldn't figure out where this fluid was coming from that caused my earlobes to get so hard. And I, like I said, on top of that, the, my earlobes, if you touch it, it was extremely hot and hard. I mean, it, it felt like, almost like rock. Um, so what I did as a solution, I grew my hair longer to cover my ears so that no one could see what was growing, going on. And I also, um, you know, that's when I think I, I started taking out the hats. The hats came out to help to hide what was going on with the, with the ears. Because I figured, you know, that would help camouflage whatever was going on and no one would even notice. They would put so much attention to the hats that they wouldn't even notice my ears. Um and since and since I was no longer using the creams and decided to to um to to self medicate, I figured I would use peroxide because the peroxide would help with drying up whatever was oozing from my earlobes, and the Vaseline would help moisturize and soften the hardness so that once my earlobes dried, whatever was there would just naturally easily fall off. Uh, don't ask me why. I just, it was, sounds crazy, but that's what I did. That's what I did. That was my logic. I figured that's how I would solve that problem because I wasn't using steroids anymore. Then what happened was a friend um, was visiting me from the Caribbean and noticed my ears and they mixed up a, a detox concoction and gave it to me to drink and that helped for a little bit it helped for a little bit but eventually the problem came back eczema came back so I and I tried just about everything to help with my eczema anything you know natural that I read about that might help I bought and I just tried it it would try it would work for a little bit and then you know eventually the eczema came back then I noticed that any time I traveled back home to the Caribbean or, you know, to Aruba, if I tra traveled to a, any other Caribbean island, my face would swell up and it would look like somebody had beaten me up. I mean, it was so bad that this some oftentimes occurred right at the airport. You know, I didn't even, just as I got off the, the plane, the hot sun, because you have to realize the sun is hotter in the Caribbean than it is in America. So um, 
you know, so that 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 mess was going on. Then um, I also noticed, I also realized that the combination of eating mangoes and going to the beach also messed up my skin. I mean, I was a mess. Um, so, you know, this all of this made traveling back home to the Caribbean a bit of a challenge for me. And for many, many years, I didn't go back home. But eventually when I got, so after the vacation and I got back home, I got back to America for my vacation, um, only to realize that the situation wasn't much better. Because anytime I was exposed to the natural sun, I had flare-ups. So I purchased wider hats. <laughs> I went and I purchased wider hats and started looking like a fully accessorized diva. So a lot of people around me really didn't know that I had eczema because all they saw is this diva coming, walking towards them. And they didn't know that, you know, under all of that, under all the scarves, under, under the, the hats and under the sunglasses, there was nothing but eczema going on. No one really knew. Um, well, this charade went on for a very long time until my accessories were no longer enough and out popped the umbrella. So no matter what type of weather, I always had to be under an umbrella to, to, to protect myself from the outside elements, whatever it was. It wasn't just the sun anymore. It was just anything else. I had to protect myself. And I tolerated this for a very long time. But in between, um, in between there were days when I couldn't be bothered. This is when I'm telling you the emotional side of eczema can be very, can be very nasty, can be very hard, can be very tough. It can take a toll on you. And so in between there were days when I couldn't be bothered with all the charade. And I would either um, just stay at home if I didn't feel like being bothered, or I would just say to heck with everything, I, I just have to enjoy myself, and I would just go out unprotected. And sure enough, any time I did that, went out unprotected, within a day or two, my eczema would flare up. Um, most of the time, a lot of time when I did this, this happened around the summertime when Caribbean people have lots of backyard barbecues, and those parties um, don't really start swinging until like around 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon when the sun is hot. Um, so I wasn't about to miss out. So and I would go out. Some Most of the time I would go. There were a few times when I would wait until um, the sun cooled down like around 6 and I would go. But by then, you know, the party started to wind down and it wouldn't be as hot and heavy. So, but anytime I went out unprotected, sure enough, I had a flare up. And then in July of 2007, on my way to a church event, I decided to go out totally unprotected from the sun. Now the car ride from my home to the church, church is only about 15 minutes. But within that time, the left side of my face that was exposed to the sun developed lily-white spots. Now, I have a dark chocolate complexion, so there's no way to hide 
these white spots on my face. But I was now at the point where I was willing to do anything. I started to freak out and decided to give one last try with a doctor and found one of the best dermatologists in my local area. So when I went to the doctor, he ordered um, my third patch test. I I had had two priors, um, which um, showed negative allergies. But this time, the test came back with positive allergy to blue dye. What I learned is that blue dye is in just about everything. Things that we wear, things that we use, and even some things that we eat. I also learned that some colors also contain blue dye. For example, the color black, which happened to be my favorite color, is not a natural color. So blue dye is used to create the color black. He ex- the doctor explained that I would need to start wearing clothing made from natural fiber, that I could no longer wear the clothing, and that the types of food, um, he also you know, explained to me the types of food that I could no longer eat. He then gave me a long list of things I needed to remove from my life, the things that I could no longer use, And finally, he gave me a prescription of, yes, steroid cream. I spent that in time. First of all, I felt like I would have to live in a bubble looking at this long list. But I spent that entire weekend looking for at least some of the things on my long shopping list. By the end of the day that Sunday, the only thing that I managed to take off this long list was tied for sensitive skin. So, you know, naturally I'm freaking out because it's Sunday and I had to go to work on Monday and didn't know based on my list what was I supposed to wear to go to work on Monday. So, all frustrated, I called my sister and she said to me, but why don't you... Why don't you consult with the nutritionist you had went to about a year or so ago? So I said, oh, you know what, I'll do that. So the next day, I, I called the nutritionist. And the funny thing is that the only thing, the, the only thing that this nutritionist prescribed was water. But not just any type of water alkaline water. To be exact, Kangen water for drinking and cooking and beauty water for my skin. I'd never heard of these waters before, so um, I wanted to know, well, how can I get this water? She said, through your tap, through your tap water. I said to her, you mean my tap water has, my, my tap water has this water and this type of water and I didn't know I've been buying bottled water she said no she said no the um there's a you have to purchase a device that makes the water that device connects to your faucet and then all you do is select the type of water you want by pushing a button well she convinced me because you know I was so frustrated by then and I said to me 
Water sounded a million times better than steroid. And I couldn't figure out how I would get get away from this steroid because no matter what, they kept giving me steroids and nothing else was working. So I was willing and ready. Um, wow, this, this is double the time that I wanted to be here on the phone, on, you know, on this phone here talking. So um, I didn't realize how much I had to say. So I guess I'll continue with the last part of my journey tomorrow. Um, Take care. Stay tuned. And thanks for listening. This is Thelma. Bye.